Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined today by a special guest, Dre Armada. Uh, he's been around the WordPress ecosystem for a long time. He's had quite the evolution. This episode is really going to be about the whole meat of this episode is going to be about learning and teaching. And we're going to get into Dre's experience with that around uh, jujitsu and learning jujitsu. And there's definitely some big takeaways for you education entrepreneurs out there looking to create learning environments. There's some things we can learn from martial arts that's going to be really interesting and a little different for the normal topic of this show. So we're going to get into that. But first, Dre, thanks for coming on the show. Now, Chris, thanks for having me. I'm super, super appreciative to be here. Um, so you're, you are one of the original podcasts I started listening to. Maybe I, and I saw you on YouTube. I can even still hear your jingles, like what you're sipping on. And um, I think you guys had a, I remember earlier in my entrepreneurial journey, uh, you and Brad from the Dradcast had an interview um, with Jason Cohen of WP Engine that was just so amazingly helpful for me and uh, just super helpful. And that was a, a, that was a while ago. And uh, I just kept going and later built a WordPress product business with Lifter LMS. But you guys, uh, I learned a lot just listening. I also built up an agency, WordPress agency, got it up to about 17 people. And I, would, uh, I learned listening to you guys and some other, uh, and a lot of other things too. But um, the Dradcast was cool. And here we are many years later uh, together on the show. So thanks for being here. And um, you've been around WordPress a long time. Can you give us the chronological history of where you started and where you ended up today, starting in 2004? Uh, you, oh, well, yeah, most certainly. Do you want to start off with WordPress? Uh, uh, because, yeah, it's, I think that, well, that that's a really interesting place to be, right? Um, yeah. And before WordPress, like, you're a military guy. Well, right? I think, I think it, it, they kind of uh, crossed roads at one point. I started, I was in the Navy uh, for about 12 years. I joined in 1995. And uh, by the end of 1995, or, or the 90s, I had uh, moved uh, uh, into a squadron, VFA-147, uh, F-18 squad, squadron stationed out of Lemoore, California, that deployed on the John C. Stennis. And when I got over there, I was uh, the resident geek. So I went over there as their, their IT. We had about 250 computers using uh, Windows NT, Windows 2000 mixed mode. Um, and my job was to make sure that those machines were running, the network was working and all that fun stuff. Uh, but, but before deployment in 2000, we went uh, actually on a Westpac uh, that, that, and then enforcing the no-fly zone, all that fun stuff back in the day. Um, at the end of 99, the chief warrant officer in charge of the IT department came up to me and said, hey, uh, Dre, you are our resident geek. We need an intranet site for this deployment. I'm gonna give you two weeks. Here's a, a front page, a, a Microsoft front page, and Adobe Photoshop 4.5. I'll see you in two weeks. And I went, uh, hey, Warren, I said, I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. But he, he said, well, you're going to figure it out. You're a resident geek. That's why you're here. So two weeks later, I did all these, you know, uh, rollover, you know, animated buttons in, in, in Photoshop. and had all these, you know, inline styles and tables and iframes and all this ugly, terrible code. But we had a website. And... Uh, I sure as hell fell in love with it. You know, I, um, I, re I really wanted to continue involved there. So I started buying my first domains and creating some graphics. And that turned into something that was super fun for me um, and I was very passionate about. So kind of a side thing as I was uh, 
moving through my, my technical career in the military, learning information security and, and, and dealing you know, with uh, security across uh, all 10 security domains. My side passion was really uh, front-end design and creating, creating these websites. Well, around 2003, end of 2003, middle of 2004, in that time frame sometime, kind of, um, the, it's a sliding scale. I think it moves, moves for me in my head. It's, it's hard to, as you get older, figure out exactly pinpoint times. But I was going, geez, this is not scalable in terms of managing all these graphics and projects I've been working. Um, and I've got these static HTML files and iframes to show like my portfolio and new news and all this stuff. I need to find some type of you know, way to manage this more intuitively. And I started looking for a content management system. Um, I went through the gamut. So if you, you list your name of, of uh, uh, CMSs that were around back in 2003 to 2004, um, it, you, you, you know, you'll laugh in your head just like I do. Uh, but I, I ended up finding WordPress and uh, dorking around with it, registered on the, uh, um, on the forums there used, used uh, what was the early days of the codex to kind of figure out what was going on. Um, and um, I created my first theme by, by like middle to end of 2004. So I've been around since the early days in terms of uh, toying around with it. I, I got involved in the, um, um, uh, the, the channel that we had there uh, live. Uh, so I started meeting a bunch of folks there, asking questions uh, the whole nine and a little tidbit there, which is super funny for me, uh, folks that know Otto, who's done pretty much the heavy lifting across uh, the .org and, and Codex over the years. My my user ID predates his uh, in, in the in the forums, so I'm always I always throw that in his face, and then I buy him a beer. Um, but that that was the early days, and I was still in the Navy. I uh, was stationed in. Uh, by the time I found that I was doing the portfolio stuff, I was stationed in Naples, Italy, and I was doing side work with WordPress and, and design stuff. Um, but that's all really how it kicked off. Um, and I got out in 07 uh, and I went and worked for this information security company uh, in Chicago. Um, and we were working uh, with some other open source platforms. The idea behind the, um, um, uh, the work there was to create a user experience in front of information security tools that are often cumbersome to use command line for IT staff and SMB that doesn't have the ability to bring in IS resources, but we wanted to give them a usable tool to manage their network logs and all that fun stuff, just using their IT uh, resources. And that's where I met Daniel Sid, who uh, it, it eventually became my co-founder at, uh, at Security, which we launched in 2010. But through that whole experience, it was really doubling down uh, with my free time and my passion for the web uh, to learn and to leverage my online resources to do so. I didn't have formal, um, you know, uh, geeky, you know, schooling or design schooling, marketing or any of that stuff. It was really just uh, focusing on the resources that were online, asking a lot of questions and getting involved with the community uh, from an early day, which certainly uh, helped us position our, our services later on because one, we were learning, but at the same time, we were establishing really strong relationships from others that were just as passionate about WordPress uh, and, and learning it. Um, and that became a really strong uh, influence and community that, that, that we worked with uh, and then in turn ended up you know, securing with, with our products down the road. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's put a pin in security right there. And I think one of the ways I describe what you're talking about, you're kind of at the tip of the spear of a you know, a lifelong learner, self-learner, kind of batteries included. That's how, like, where the world is transitioning. It seems where 
you know, if you want to learn something with the internet, I mean, you can go out there, you can go out there in person, go to conferences, all these niches are emerging that can survive now having a small niche because it can have a global audience. These are really interesting times. And it's not that new, like you were already kind of pursuing your, your interests in that way and solving business problems around, you know, putting an interface in front of security for people who didn't have as much resources and skill, which is amazing. And I first heard you on a, uh, your podcast, Dradcast. And then later when my website got hacked, my, one of my websites, oh, I just, I'm going to call security. Cause so now because you were content marketing before that word was a thing, I was like, who was top of mind when my website got hacked? Oh, it's that guy with the big beard on that podcast. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, and I signed up for security. This was a while ago, many, many years ago. Still had the account, had five websites on it, um, cloud proxy, firewall, the whole deal. And never had a problem since. Or if I did, it got, you know, got cleaned up. So that's interesting. Let's, let's complete the story of security, what it, what it is, what it became, and, and then you transitioned to GoDaddy. Can you f- finish the, um, the final chapters of your evolution there in the WordPress ecosystem? I would say there we're just in the middle of the book, my friend. We're <laughs> chapters, but I, okay. I, I, it's an exciting time. It has been an exciting time, quite frankly, through through this entire process. And and no, I I wasn't a business guy. Well, you know, I've since went back and got my uh, degree in business management, and but that was really more because I, I wanted to get it done. But the early days, we we had no damn clue what we were doing. We knew that we wanted to solve a problem. We knew that people were having challenges getting. Um, uh, attacked and infected uh, online. Their websites were getting screwed up. They were being redirected to porn sites, having ads pop up, taking down altogether, defaced all sorts of issues they were dealing with, right? And let me let me just share a funny story there. That's what happened when I first got hi- hacked and uh, it was called the Bedoink Redirect Virus. I mean, and- <laughs> use your own imagination on that one. Right? <laughs> and... And, the, and it was tricky. It was sneaky. It would actually only redirect to the porn site if the viewer was on a mobile device. So Condition me, on a mobile, yes. Yeah, yeah. Or if you were a WordPress admin, it didn't show. So it was yeah. like kind of sneaky like that. And then I, you know, uh, my people figured it out. And then later, you know, as a, because I had an agency too, I was starting to attract clients through content marketing. I wrote a blog post about the Bedoink redirect virus. And I, start, I just noticed how much traffic I was getting to that um, blog post because I guess lots of people were having problems with it. But I just want to bring it, that all back to what you're saying is you find a problem and if somebody has an urgent need, like when the site goes down or it gets hacked, somebody's like hot and ready for a solution right then and right there. So it's a great business situation to work on. Yeah, and, it, and it's There's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's still a recurring issue. Right. Um, and in those days, this is like 2008. I met Daniel um, at, at this other company. The company's acquired. I move on and I moved back to California uh, to start work uh, uh, with some really meaningful work, starting an information security awareness and training team uh, for a large energy company, a public energy company. That was fun work. But in that time, we, we are collaborating because what Daniel was doing uh, and the product that got me involved with him at the, that last company with the UI and all that fun stuff was he, he invented a host intrusion detection system to look at um, points of networks and, and look at data, look at logs. And if there was weird stuff, they would filter and stop all that stuff from happening. 
right? Well, that was a kind of the same theory that he took on about the web. It's like, well, we know that there's all these problems happening on these websites. How can we remotely monitor for changes or different things that may happen, signals that could lead to a potential point of compromise, right? How can we look to see if a site's been blacklisted by Google? How can we look to see if it's down or if it's redirecting or it's doing all these bad things? What about outdated uh, software in that environment that may lead to those things? So we set out to create this engine and him, his technical mind, he's a brilliant mind. Um, and I'm figuring out ways that I can kind of look to position this for people. Like how would this, how would this value uh, be something that I can talk to people about and have them understand, have them feel comfort, comfortable and that it works. And we set it out to market and um, we were beta in 2009, 2010, we, we created the LLC and we said, let's, let's see what happens. Well, it hockey sticked, man. Everybody's like, yes, we need this service. But this service isn't very actionable. Dre, Daniel, Sukuri, how can you fix the problem for me? We want not only for you to notify that there's a potential point of compromise or an infection blacklist status, we want you to come and fix that for us, remediate it. I just, I just want to put in a point here. For the education entrepreneurs out there listening, building your course, you're teaching something, you're creating an entrepreneurial offer, a promise. Um, a solution is what hockey sticks. A suggestion, you may get a little growth, it may go flat, it may fail. But what you're talking about is a transition point from suggestion and information to solution. Please Major continue. pivot point number one for us from a business perspective, yeah. right? From being a, a lifestyle uh, thing, a hobby, if you will, <laughs> yeah. it's something that could be um, manageable and sustainable with, with the opportunity for large growth, right? There's a problem and now we can solve uh, not just identifying it, but actually remediating it. So we said, look, this can't be that difficult. We'll clean it up for you. We know the strings that we're looking for. We know what the code looks like and stuff. Well, let's start building process around that. Not the time. I don't think we knew we were building process. We just went, shit, send us your FTP information and we'll go in and take a look and we'll find it and we'll clean it. But well, we got better at that and we started to catalog all that stuff and then we found a means to say, all right, if we saw it on one and we see it on another, now that's a repeatable process we can automate, right? So let's, let's go and automate. And that's exactly what we did. So over time, that problem didn't go away. In fact, it grew. We had uh, various organizations and hosting environments that at the time were seeing cross-contamination across different user accounts. And uh, then Tim Thumb and the exploit of, you know, being able to execute PHP uh, arbitrarily in directories and stuff across servers that shouldn't be happening was happening. Well, they needed a means to clean this up and there just wasn't a viable solution out there except for the processes that we started to build. Awesome. So we went through that and we saw sustained growth. We started hiring uh, by 2012, I went full-time in 2011, uh, Daniel and Tony at that time. So a cool story about that. So uh, Tony and I were actually starting an agency back in 2009, 2010. I started Sukuri at the same time uh, with Daniel. We saw that this was hockey sticking. We were doing some really cool things on, in the WordPress agency. It just wasn't hockey sticking as, a, you know, as, as, as great. So we saw at Sukuri that, we, Dan, we need some help operationally. So we brought Tony on to help us. Um, you know, with operations to kind of think through the finances and make sure that all our processes there were correct. And that turned into a full-time thing. Him, me, and Daniel, really the, the, the original three co-founders at that point, uh, driving this thing. So by 2011, uh, Tony and I are spearheading the first WordCamp San Diego. And the week before that, 
we said, dude, we got to shoot or get off the pot because this is, this is more than just a hobby. We can help a lot of people here. I went full time. And by the end of the year, the three of us were full time and we started hiring employees. Um, so yeah, it was a crazy experience, but we found that by 2012, the problem was going to shift fundamentally. We knew that at some point, you know, hosting providers and, and different service providers would get wise to these security things and the issues that lead to them. One, passwords and credential management suck. So they're going to get better at that at some point. And, and there, there's still challenges there, but it, it has improved. Um, two, access control. You know, let's make sure that uh, we are pr pr uh, protecting the access to our, our assets and only giving access to those um, that, that really need access for the time they need. Least privilege and all of those theories. They, they really are meaningful. Uh, but three, and probably just as important, is is making sure that all your, your environmental things are up to date, right? Like vulnerabilities are, are, are bugs, and, and bugs happen. That's why we fix bugs. So when you see a patch come out for a bug, and that's why you should patch it, right? It's not just a functionality problem, but it's certainly a maintenance and security issue too. Um, but people are not very good at that. You tell them to patch, they don't patch for various reasons. So that that is something that's improved over time. You look at point releases now have automatic updates. Uh, not just in WordPress, but you see it in Chrome, uh, in your browsers, and all over the place. We said, well, wait a second. This is actionable now. We're cleaning websites up, but it's very reactive. How do we become more proactive? We, we started to think about how we can create an, uh, a protective layer, and that's the advent of Cloud Proxy, which is its original code name, uh, which is now the Security Firewall. And, and we built out a web application firewall um, to, to build that need. So that was business pivot. Number two, um, and it proved to be a very important decision because as we did see a decrease, a certain decrease in the amount of remediation needed, uh, we saw a huge uptick in the amount of folks that started to think about being more proactive versus reactive with their websites. Uh, and that really rounds out, I think, our, our set of services foundationally today. We want to monitor things to make sure that we're, we're keeping a tabs on stuff. If something goes awry, we need to remediate. So we're going to build a process to go and clean that up. But mo foremost, importantly, you need to make sure you're protecting that. So let's put the firewall around us to reduce total overall risk and increase the security posture of each individual website, right? We've built services and features into that, like um, a CDN. So we, we know that um, performance is, is just as important, uh, if not more important to some folks than security. Uh, but they go hand in hand with protection, right? So you have these these performance companies that say that they that's all they care about, but they don't offer security services. So when the site goes down because of a DDoS attack, the site's completely down. So how much performance do you have today? Zero. So to me, it goes kind of hand in hand, right? So we've started to build things like that out over the years, uh, which now we round out our, our full website security platform. Uh, and um, what you'll see, I think, is um, heavier and tighter integration with SSL. So now not just the, the monitoring and the remediation, but also the discussion. So we, we're, all the communications going from point A to point B, we're going to encrypt with SSL, uh, right? The firewall piece with performance. And then lastly, disaster recovery, because stuff does go down and explode and all that fun stuff. We need to be able to pull from backups, right? That to me is, is kind of where we're heading. And it's all been a learning curve, right? Like learning what people really need. That's beautiful. So what was the piece where you went from security to, or security to security at, at GoDaddy? Well, um, 
in, in my journey, I, I wanted to, I, so I was a founding CEO. Um, at one point in 2014, I stepped down. Uh, Tony, who was our, uh, uh, one of our other you know, co-founders, as mentioned earlier, uh, took over the helm and continued to scale. I went out into the agency space for a while to kind of get some good engagement there and some experience around working with enterprise customers and clients, uh, which at, at the time I didn't realize was going to be so uh, impactful in returning to security uh, uh, summer of last year. Um, because we, we started to position into a place where we knew our consumer business was, was very consistent. Uh, and there was this, a, a, a continued growth pattern there. Um, certainly not the hockey stick of, of early days, but you know, as you reach critical mass, the things change a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's now understanding how to channelize your, your, your business, how to, uh, uh, reach new audiences. Um, and we found that the agency space was a super interesting place for us to be, right? Because they have a lot of customers that have these same problems. Right. And we can come in and talk to them and help them figure out a solution for, for, for their customers. So we started to channelize in, in the sense of uh, building uh, partners in, in the agency space. And I knew how to have that discussion now. Right. Like it was different because now I I'd had direct experience there at a large scale with with a large audience. So enterprise all the way down to uh, mom and pop shops. Um, so we started to formalize that. And then at the end of last year, we started to think about what are some higher volume opportunities? So some higher volume opportunities are hosting providers, right? They've got hundreds of thousands, if not millions of, uh, of customers with, with websites that have the same problem, that they know have the same problem because those customers are coming directly to them and telling them that they have that problem today, right? Um, so we started to build formal channels around approaching hosting providers and partnering with them. Um, and then that really at the end of last year, that's around the time we started talking to GoDaddy. Um, and through, at the beginning of April this year, uh, we closed on, on, on the acquisition. So it became very, it became very clear that uh, GoDaddy, although has had some, some maybe hiccups and bumps in the road from a brand perspective, service perspective, and the perception of those things over the last five or six years, it became very apparent that a lot of those things are just perception today. They aren't the same GoDaddy of five years ago. In fact, it's, it's a brilliant organization when you start to really understand that the, the drive and the passion to help their customers and to help those customers' businesses be successful long-term. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's something that's important to them as an organization. It's, I guess, important to us being we're part of that today um, and that they value. Um, and that was part of the decision-making, right? So when we started to see, wow, they really value this. Uh, these are the things that we value. Uh, these are the things that we've built our business on. Organic growth in education, right? So helping people through our blog and, 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 and outreach um, and making sure that the service always comes first. People are at their most vulnerable position when they're talking to security, right? They're about to lose their business or their, their client base or their, their visitors, their revenue, whatever the case, right? A lot of stress. Yeah, a lot of stress. Yeah. And we're helping them through that. Right. We've had the worst discussions because they're so pissed off. Sometimes they don't channel energy in, in, in the right way for, for, you know, trying to put that as, as nice as possible. Um, we've dealt with that. And at the forefront of that is always been making sure we get them across the finish line uh, in a way that restores um, their, their, their potential to grow online. Right. That business or whatever it is uh, on their website. That um, that culture that we've built is very much in line with with GoDaddy's. And when we saw that opportunity to go, wow, we really mesh here from that perspective. And now this gives us the ability to scale from, let's say, the half million to million, you know, uh, websites that were in our uh, firewall environment to to being able to reach directly 65 million active domains. 
Um, that's a very meaningful discussion. When I got out of the military, one of the things that I said was my wife and I made the conscious decision because we had all the tools in place. Um, we had uh, may maybe uh, the, the benefits and stuff were where we wanted to be in, in the military, but our main goal was to make an impact on this society at a larger scale, a positive impact. And uh, when we start to kind of carry that through that whole journey and in the point now where we're having these discussions, um, you know, I think you know, Tony and, and Daniel was, were certainly the big drivers in, in making this whole thing happen. Uh, but I think they carry that same vision that the, the, the impacts, the positive impacts that we can make at the, to the internet at large uh, with this type of transition is, is, is beyond speakable. It's brilliant. Um, so in April, we closed, right? We became part of the GoDaddy family and part of the uh, GoDaddy security business unit. That's fantastic. That's quite the story. And I appreciate what you're saying. Like we're in the middle of that book and I can't wait to see where the, that story continues and where you guys evolve. And that vision is amazing. Um, well, let's, let's take a step back from your journey to here and, and look a little bit at something else, which I really relate to you with, which is I'm a technology guy, but I also go out in the woods and I, you know, do stuff with my body. And it's one of the ways I stay balanced because it's really easy with technology and business to just burn out and get all consumed. It's really important, in, in my opinion, to have other hobbies, passions, outlets uh, for stress relief or, you know, to put your mind on not just always grinding on business and growth. Sure. Two other things. And I know for you, a big part of that is jujitsu. And uh, one of our at Lifter LMS, one of our, you know, ninja hacks about product development and road mapping is simply that we like to look at learning and how exceptional learning experiences happen in the offline world and then try to translate that into technology and provide tools for teachers to deliver those same kinds of results. So I like look, looking at, um, you know, elite training environments or peak learning experiences or learning journeys that happen that are like fun it's not there's no need to add gamification or other things like it's just it just works on its own and it, it creates its own momentum and from talking to you and hearing about your story with jujitsu it seems like that is true for jujitsu with you um how did you get into jujitsu and for those of you listening as we get into dre's experience as a uh, a learner of jujitsu and as a student um, think about your students, think about what, you know, you, you want to have them experience in possibly a similar way. So how'd you get into it? Ooh, that's a, that's an interesting story. So, um, Tony and Daniel are both jujitsu practitioners. Uh, but th there was a little bit more influence outside influence from them than that. Um, certainly they'd both, uh, pestered me. So Tony, Tony started in like two, 20, I want to say 2010. Actually, they both started about the same same time frame. So it was before um, we really, really kicked things off uh, full force with Sukuri. Um, Tony got injured, so like the first year and a half, he, a year after he started, he he was uh, he even competed and stuff, but he got hurt. Um, Daniel it was we were geographically uh, separated, so there was a lot of um, maybe Skype chatter about you need to get on the mat, Dre. And I said, look, this is a spectator sport, and that was kind of the the theme for, for a couple few years. Um, and in and around 2013, it was, yeah, beginning of 2013, Tony had hit me up. He's like, Hey, they, they actually opened a, a Carlson Gracie jujitsu school here in Menifee where we live. 
And he said, you should go check it out. I'm like, dude, still a spectator sport for me. Um, uh, and at this point, um, mind you, for, for the sake of transparency, uh, I, I was an avid or heavy smoker uh, through 2012. I quit smoking. Um, I was very complacent uh, and um, short of just hammering away on, on the keys there, right? Um, and I, I reached a little close to 270 pounds, 260-something pounds or something like that. I, I, I was I, living large. It was big Dre for sure. Well, around that time, he's telling me about this school open. I said, it's a, hey, look, it's a spectator sport for me. And, and I don't know if there was some back-channel discussion, but my oldest daughter, Hallie, had uh, come to me at one point during that same time frame and said, look, Dad, I want to try some, some MMA. And uh, we, we're, we're fans of MMA. We watch MMA. Um, you know, she'd seen kind of uh, some of the, the uh, female mar martial, ar martial artists that were starting to come up in the game, and um, she was fond of it. Um, and so I – kind of start thinking about what the best reaction here is. I was like, look, if, if that's what you want to do, I, I totally get it. We'll respect it. We'll follow it and we'll back you up on it. But I think that the, the, the intelligent way to maybe approach this is to learn your ground game first. And, and knowing that they just opened the school and her uncle was there, cause Tony and I are, are, are related. I said, um, geez, this would probably be the best way. Let's go check out the school and see what you think. And then from there, uh, we'll make some decisions. She said that that's, that's reasonable. Let's go check it out. So we went over there, uh, Tony's on the mat. School's going. Very small school at the time. There's probably six, seven students. I don't know, something like that. And by the end of the class, I'm going, all right, this is pretty interesting, but I don't think she's going to do it. And she goes, Dad, and gave me the look. And she goes, yeah. this is awesome. And it needs to happen. But the only way it's happening, Dad, is if you join me on the mat. I go, oh, shit. Um, all right. So she goes, well, the school gives like a week free. Um, so we committed, we do the week free. And, uh, by the end of it, I, I told the professor, professor Orlando, we need to sign up. Like this, is, this is just awesome. Uh, although I felt like I was dying while I was out there, I couldn't move. Like they just, you know, like a turtle on his back is just so, so big. It was still super intriguing. And, and I think that the thing that, that caught me most by surprise was the, 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 the mind-body connection that you have, because certainly physically I was so broken down that I just couldn't perform the things, but I could see the action-reaction in the sequences to position yourself in, in a superior way uh, so that you could, one, attack, or two, defend against attacks. Um, and it just, it just grabbed me. So we, we went on to, to start training. This is, uh, you know, again, beginning 2013. Um, well, my daughter ended up doing it for a year, um, and uh, unfortunately, she she broke her fibula hiking. Um, uh, she was very active, and that's um, that kind of pushed her off of not being able to do it. But in the, in the time frame she did, um, I have I have a large family, five daughters, and they're amazing, and they're watching their oldest sister, and it was like you know as a sequence of like from oldest to youngest, except for the baby at the time, um, said they wanted to do it, so they all ended up uh, doing it for a year. Uh, I said, look, if you're going to sign up, you're not going to sign up and just, you know, do this for a week and then be done. Um, you're going to, you're going to commit to a year and, and then you're going to make a decision whether you want to continue or not. But they all did it for a year and they all competed once. So now they've gotten kind of both sides, the game side of it and the self-defense side of it, which I think is, is, is super important. Um, and, and they can intelligently defend themselves if they get themselves into a bad situation. But ultimately it, it's, it's progressing through that. that I think mind and body connection. It's, it's a, it's a way to, manifest your thoughts and strategy in in a physical manifestation it's a, it's a, it's a wild just a wild thing man 
what what else keeps you coming back like it sounds like if you miss it you'll miss it if you like go somewhere and can't go right i, I think uh my wife will tell you that that there comes a point where throughout the week if i'm missing training she's kind of urging me you need to you need to go get on the mat um when i'm traveling it's painful when i'm off the mat for an extended period of time it's depressing and I think it's 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 its infinite way to solve problems that I think is is impactful to me. Um, my goal on the mat is to do one of two things: is to manipulate a joint uh, to a, to an extent that you will tap out or give up, or um, to choke you out or put you to sleep in some somewhere, right? And that's using the tools that are in front of me. So that's my hands, my feet, my legs, my arms, the uniform in the gi. So it's very restricted in the tool set. You use what you have. And you need to get to that end goal. And there's infinite ways to do that. And the challenge that's presenting itself with, let's say, someone that's new on the mat versus someone that's been there forever is very different. So those challenges change. It is infinite in the scenarios towards that outcome. And it's continual learning. Um, they say that when you reach black belt, which on average, because it's so subjective, is about 10 years to, get, to reach black belt in jiu-jitsu. And they say that's when your actual journey begins, right? So I could be 70 years old and still not get it completely, man. Like that is just awesome. But there, there's a lot of reward through that in the way that you're able to sequence these moves with the tools you have in place uh, into reaching your successes. So uh, to me, that is such an addictive thing, um, you know, and in, in, in trying to reach success in something that is infinite. <laughs> what is the reward? Like how do you experience the reward? Is it a feeling? Is it... Uh, pride in like the new belt level or what like how how would you describe it look is I, it, I think is it like stress relief i mean what is it there is no win there is no loss there's winning and, and but there's no loss in jiu jitsu there's there's always learning right like and that's i think the the ultimate reward um is that there's there's always a means to get better um so when you try things you go and let's say i'm successful i win a tournament in the whole nine um, I was able to employ my, my technique um, that I've, I've been working so hard at, uh, that I've trained my, my, my partners have worked so hard to help me, you know. Um, I, I've been able to employ that in a way that they got me to my ultimate success in that competition. But again, it's, it's, it's limitless and infinite, um, I think is what's so rewarding. It is a mental state. Uh, it is a feeling for sure. Um, I don't chase medals and belts are irrelevant. They only cover two two inches of your ass, man. That's it, right? The rest is the, the amount of energy and time and effort that you put into carving these skills um, that uh, to, to continually chase uh, what success means for you on the mat. Um, I think that in and of itself is is so rewarding that I it just it's hard to put put words words on it. And and what's neat is it kind of carves the way that you think about things and strategize about stuff, right? And, and it is absolutely bled over into the way that I, I, I uh, solve business problems or the way that, that I act and react with my wife and kids um, and scenarios that come up there. Um, it bleeds over into the way that you eat and think about your health. I mean, it, it's just, it's so overwhelmingly powerful that I think it's hard to answer about, answer what, what is it that, that, that kind of tickles me about it, man. There, there's so much. That's awesome. Well, for the online course creator or designer, Cause there's a lot of great things. So let me just kind of say back to you what I heard as some really key insights and uh, we can wrap on that a little bit. Uh, the first thing when you got into it, 
like from the student perspective is there was a free week. The second thing that was in there was learning in groups. And in your case, a particularly powerful group being the family unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a prize, prizes involved, including the mind-body connection is a prize, like basically unlocking this new power or, you know, superpower, if you will, to there's nothing more fun than like discovering a capability that you may not have realized you had before. Um, the other thing that you said that was interesting was like, if you're going to do it, you had to commit to a year. This isn't a book you're going to pull off the shelf, read one chapter. It was a commitment uh, for at least a year. The other thing uh, that was involved was competing, which means you're not just getting ideas, you're taking training and translating that to reality and testing your skills, not just ideas. The other thing that you got out of it was something that literally could help you in the most critical human need, which is survival. If you were to encounter a um, threat, it's, it can get, you know, it's, it's something that can help you literally stay alive. Um, the other thing is, is it helps you with your mental clarity and just sense of well-being. It's, you get, it gets depressing. The people you love or, and care about you say, hey, maybe you should go back there. So it literally turned you into a better person. Um, there's a puzzle that you get infinite joy out of that you're constantly trying to solve, which is both fun and addicting. There's different levels that you can move through. Um, and even after 10 years, you're still just a beginner, which means it's a, it's a lifelong learning journey that is crazy long and uh, just has so many layers, literally infinite, if you want to commit. commit. And then the reward is addictive. You're chasing a feeling um, and it's transferable to other benefits in your life, not just um, actually on the mat and choking people out in self-defense. It's, uh, it, you can transfer, I'm sure, those skills for the mind-body connection, some of those things transfer into business contexts, relationships, uh, other things. So there was just so much in what you said that <clears throat> created a, uh, just such a powerful learning opportunity and also really a lifestyle. Dude, if I had a microphone in my, my hand, I would drop it for you. That was brilliantly articulated. Thank you. That was well, very helpful for me. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You did the hard work. I just kind of, I did some, uh, I just listened and um, picked out a few gems there. So for those of you listening out there, that is the goal. The goal is not to create an information product, um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with um, just creating a product, but what, what the best things out there, uh, if you want to look at jujitsu and look at the Gracie family and how all that happened, I'd encourage you to do some research, mm-hmm. but create a movement, create a lifestyle, transfer, transform people's lives like Dre and his family. That's where the best, um, you know, viral hockey stick, we've been talking about hockey stick growth. That's where it comes, comes from, is uh, creating transformation, not just information. Dre, I want to thank you for coming on the show um, and sharing your WordPress journey with us. I can't wait to see the next chapters. And, um, uh, you know, where you go from here. Uh, appreciate all the wisdom. I got so much out of listening to you talk about your journey with security and in WordPress in general. And uh, yeah, I just really want to thank you for, for everything that you've shared about your experiences with jujitsu. And I think there's so much we can learn from your story. 
And uh, I would encourage you, if you're listening to this podcast or watching it on YouTube, to rewatch it. Listen to Dre tell his story of what his experience was like as a student. Uh, listen to what I was saying about some of the key takeaways there. And as you become an instructional designer or a creator of some kind of transformation, um, there's just a lot of gems in here. So, Dre, thanks for coming on the show. Um, people can connect with you on Twitter at uh, Dre Armada, right? Uh, Dre Meda, D-R-E-M-E-D-A. Awesome. Cool. Well, is there anywhere else on the internet uh, if people want to find you or things they should check out that you'd like to point them towards? Yeah, I, w- I would say security.net. Um, it's, it's, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful service. I, I don't want to get into the shameless plug, but certainly check it out. If you're online, it's, it's, it might be of interest to you. Um, no, that's Dre made on, uh, on Twitter is uh, the right place to go. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dre, for coming on the show. And we'll have to do it again sometime as you're in another crazy chapter and we'll see what the next evolution looks like and hope you have a great rest of your day. The, The book only gets better. I appreciate your time. I'm honored to be here. Thank you.